Today on The Journey from Pastor Steve DeWitt. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So before he was born, he was the Word. And before he was born, he created the world. And here we find that when he was born, it was God becoming man. Welcome to The Journey with Steve DeWitt. Have you ever pondered the breathtaking idea that before time began, Jesus Christ existed? Well, John 1 tells us that before Christ was born, He was the Word, and He shaped the very world we inhabit. Today on The Journey, Pastor Steve DeWitt takes us on a journey of revelation and wonder by exploring the mystery of God becoming flesh. It's the first message in our Christmas series, and you can listen online at thejourney.fm. Here's Pastor Steve DeWitt with Six Reasons to Worship the Newborn King. Here we are at the end of the year. It's a great time to say thank you. It's been a great year for our church in almost every conceivable way. And I want to thank you for uh, this year, week in and week out, coming. And uh, the privilege of speaking and preaching to you is, uh, is a great one. And uh, so we get to do it again here this morning. I have enjoyed a commercial on TV. It's been running for the last couple of weeks. Maybe you've seen it. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a video, actually. It's a home video of this uh, boy and presumably his sister that are opening a present. And this is not a stage thing. It's an actual, like, home video that they have co-opted to be a part of this commercial. And so here are these two kids and they're opening this present and uh, they open it and lo and behold, it obviously is the one thing that they had been wanting so much more than anything else. This was the one thing that they had been dreaming about and they go bananas over this one gift. And they start screaming and they start shaking un, you know, uncontrollably and, and squealing and giggling and, and looking at the pleasant, touching it like this and cheering and, and uh, just like unbridled joy. Total unbridled joy. Have you, you seen the one I'm talking about? Okay. So, now remember, it's a commercial. So they go from this home video to something like, want to get excited about a gift this year? How about a BMW? You know, it's a, it's a BMW commercial that plays. And I could get pretty giddy about a BMW, I suppose, and that's kind of what they're wanting you to think. And then they go from the BMW, the, the little commercial for the BMW, back to the video. And now here are these kids, and, and they're still excited, and they're going, yes, 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 just like that. It's fun to watch this commercial. It is. To see people so excited like that, absolutely thrilled. And today, I am going to open a package before you as best I can. And if I do it any justice at all, there ought to be here in the room today people that are going, yes, yes, 
like that. In fact, that would be maybe a, a goal that I would have, is that as you leave here today, Christian, that there is this sense where you're, yeah, all fired up about the package that I get to open here before you today. And so towards that goal, what we're going to do is we are going to step into the chasm of eternity and take a look at Christmas from that perspective. We're going to step into the chasm of eternity and to take a look at what is this thing all about. And what I'm saying is that if we get it here this morning, that we're going to have some really fired up Christians when you leave this morning. All right? And that's kind of, that's what, I'm not just shooting for the emotion. I want the truth to lead to the emotion, and it ought to this morning. So we are in John, the book of John, written by the Apostle John, John chapter 1. And we are aiming at verse 14, but there are some truths along the way that we need, to, uh, we need to get to know why verse 14 has the thing that's going to get us all fired up today. All right? All right, so we begin now. Very famous verse in the Bible. Many of you could probably quote it with me as I say it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, I've got six things I want to say today, just six. Here's the first one. Or six things John's telling us today. Here's the first one. Before Jesus was born, he was the Word. Before he was born, he was the Word. Now, what were you before you were born? The answer is nothing. Let's say that together. Nothing. <laughs> we were nothing. We did not exist prior to when we were born. When we were born, now we existed. Prior to birth, no existence. But here we have now the introduction to somebody that existed or has always existed in eternity past. The word, it says here. And the Greek word therefore was, in the beginning was the word, is, it means this, it means continue to exist. So in, in the beginning, there was one who continued to exist or who always had existed. And the word not only existed, but also here it says, existed with God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. So not only did he pre-exist or exist in eternity past, but he existed with God. Now this is an extraordinary person, don't you think? Wouldn't this be somebody quite interesting to meet? Somebody that had always been, and somebody that in their always beening had always been with God. That is extraordinary, and that is what the word was. In fact, the last phrase of this verse makes his identity known, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So right away we find out that this is not a piece of furniture in heaven. This is not a philosophical concept. This is a person that has always existed with God. Very simply said, too, yet very profound. He was with God, which means that he was 
separate from God. And then it says, and he was God, which means that he was the same as God. Are you tracking with me? How can you have somebody that is with somebody that they are? You follow me? How can you have somebody who is with somebody that they are? Unless you are with yourself, maybe. I don't know. And here we have, the, in very simple language, the profound truth of the Trinity, which the New Testament is going to continue to unfold and unpackage, uh, that we have in, within the Godhead, we have three separate persons, and yet they are one God. Anybody get that totally? Understand that? Because I would love to talk to you later, because I don't get that. And if you get that, then, then we want to talk to you. Because it is a mystery. It is, it is a mystery how that could be the case, and yet that is what the Bible says. And so what John wants us to do right away in the beginning of this gospel is to begin to stare at the Word with wonder and with worship in our hearts. Eternal in his existence, with God and was God, separate yet the same. All of this describing now the Word is the second person of the Trinity who... Joseph and Mary gave the name what? Children, please here help me because your parents obviously are not listening. The baby that was born at Bethlehem was given the name? Okay. We have some children whose voices have already changed. That's amazing. I heard a few of those. So the word then is a title for the second person of the Trinity. Joseph and Mary give them him the name Jesus. Why? Because the angel told them to, right? They gave him the name that the angel told them to, and so his name becomes Jesus. He was born in a manger, and yet he pre-existed that birth as the Word in eternity past. He had always existed. Like the song, O Holy Night, The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared, gift of infinite worth. Behold the babe in yonder manger lowly. Tis God's own son come down in human form. Fall on your knees, oh here. And that's how the song continues. Celebrating the reality of the Christ child. All right, so that's the first thing. You got it? Before he was born, he pre-existed in eternity past as the Word. In the beginning was the Word. Here's the second thing. I got six. Here's the second thing. And the answer is nothing. We come to find out that this person, the Word, created, prior to being born in Bethlehem, was the creator of everything that was not God. That's what it says. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Verse 3, through him all things were made. Without him was not, nothing was made that has been made. Which sounds a little bit confusing, but realize that in eternity past, you had God. And God existed as a spirit. And so when it came to creating anything that was not God, the second person of the Trinity was the one who did it. The Word created everything. And that, of course, includes heaven, the angels, the universe, 
the billions upon billions of galaxies and stars and planets, our own Milky Way galaxy, our solar system, our Earth, all the beauties and the wonders of this planet, which don't you think he did a nice job here? I mean, I've seen the pictures from the little rover in Mars. I'm glad we got put on this planet <laughs> instead of that one because this one is a lot better. This one's got food and water and vegetation and, and oxygen for one big thing, I suppose. That'd be a big one. I'm glad that I'm on Earth and not on one of the other planets. And I am glad that, that when Christ made the Earth, he made a beautiful, wonderful place like this that we get to live in. And everything that we see here, Christ created including the animals and the vegetation, the oceans, the rivers, nations, families, and each of us down to our DNA created by Christ. The Word created all of this, and he did all of that before he was ever in a manger, which is amazing, isn't it? You know, one Sunday this past year, we tried to get a, uh, some kind of a grasp on our place in the universe. Do you remember now, some people loved it, some people hated it, <laughs> which means it probably was a good sermon because if everyone leaves here, if, if no one likes it, then I probably haven't really done my job, and if no one hates it, I probably haven't either. So it was a, it was a good sermon. Some people loved it, some people hated it. But in the message, it was basically an analogy, a parable of a giant, massive research park that stretched thousands and thousands of square miles in every direction. And in this research park, there are millions and millions of massive buildings. And there is a supreme scientist that is over all of it, created all of it. And there's, of course, technicians and different people that work in the research park. And uh, for some reason, the supreme scientist was fascinated with with one very small object. And every day, he would go, of the millions of buildings, he would go into one building. And in the one building, filled with corridors, he'd go down one corridor. And in the one corridor, filled with rooms, he'd go into one room. And in the one room, filled with uh, cabinets, he would go to one particular cabinet. And this cabinet, floor to ceiling, he pulls out one drawer and filled in the drawer are glass slides. He pulls out one little glass slide and on it it says Milky Way. And he takes it to the microscope and he puts it under there and he begins to focus in on it. And he, he moves past the sun, he moves past Mars, he moves past Jupiter to one little bluish green speck called Earth. One little teeny, just infinitesimally small speck. And that actually wasn't truly the object of his attention. It was two little creatures that lived on the little bluish-green speck. Of course, mankind. And day after day, he would stare and stare at those little things, loving them, objects of his interest. And of course, we then are, I'm not going to tell the whole story, get the tape, <laughs> I'm not going to tell the whole story, but we are the little creatures on the one little bluish green speck, on the one glass slide, in the one drawer, in the one cabinet, in the one room, in the one corridor, in the one building of millions upon millions of buildings in the giant research universe park. Why on earth? Would God love us? And beyond that, what John is saying is that the second person of the Trinity, the Word, made all of it before he was in the manger. Whoa. 
Don't you think? That is amazing that he would be the creator of the world. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And we cannot begin to understand uh, the, the preexistence of Christ, the eternity of Christ. My mind goes back as far as it can go, and then it just shuts down. I can't think of somebody that always has been. I can't do that. And I can't get all of his pre-incarnation creative activity. I can't understand how he would create all of this. I don't get that. But the point here is that we are to not necessarily get it, but to look at it with wonder and worship in our heart and to think, whoa, whoa, this word, this second person of the Trinity is somebody so amazing, so wonderful. In fact, what would be the last thing that you would ever expect somebody of this infinite glory and this greatness and somebody who's done all of these things, what would be the last thing that you would ever expect him to do? Well, I can tell you what it would be to come slumming with us. Why would he do that? But friends, that is the wonder of Christmas. And that is what verse 14 is all about. Here we have it. The Word became flesh. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So before he was born, he was the Word. And before he was born, he created the world. And here we find that when he was born, it was God becoming man. The Word became flesh. You're listening to Pastor Steve DeWitt with Six Reasons to Worship the Newborn King, right here on The Journey. Tomorrow we'll pick up with Pastor Steve's message right where we left off. But right now, Steve is with me here in studio to provide some further insights on today's message. Steve, it's great to be with you. And it's great to be with you, Tim, and to be with everyone here through our Journey broadcast. Now, just a moment ago, Steve, you were explaining the divinity and humanity of Jesus. How do you think Christmas displays that God's both fully human and fully God? Well, I think it's one of the powerful... Uh, doctrines that the incarnation puts on full display. Uh, we obviously see the humanity of Jesus in that he was born a baby. He was born of Mary. Uh, he wasn't a ghost. He wasn't a, a, a doll. He was a real live, kicking, crying child. He was human, as human as you and I are human. But then we have this whole mystery side to the virgin birth and what uh, Gabriel told Mary that she was going to give birth to the Messiah. And Mary asked the question of the ages, how is this possible since I'm a virgin? And in that question really is the question of uh, the, the personhood of, of Jesus. If he was born of God, then he is the son of God. And there certainly is mystery here. And, you know, sometimes people go off in directions that are unhealthy and speculating about it. 
But the bottom line is that if Mary was a virgin, then Jesus was conceived supernaturally. And the unfolding of the redemptive story from there, obviously, is that his deity is on display in his remarkable life, in his miracles, in his resurrection, and in his own claims to be the Son of God. But the, the birth, the incarnation, puts both of these two very key doctrines on full display. He is born a baby. He is born a human but he is also born of God. And we see that amazing uh, connection of the character and the nature of God and humanity. He was fully us and he was fully God. And of course, we know from uh, the rest of scripture that this uniquely qualified him to be the savior that we need. And so uh, we, we thank God that in his plan, Jesus came as one of us, but he came fully qualified to die for us. And that, uh, that major scene is the first glimpse into um, God's redemptive plan through the, the nature of Jesus. Now, Steve, I know that um, certain religions believe different things about Jesus. They would even agree that he is born of a virgin, but maybe just reiterate He's, it's more than just that he's born of a virgin. He's actually the son of God. And that, that means something. Yes. I mean, it's, is, is, uh, you know, let's say somebody figures out some way for some animal to, you know, reproduce on its own. I've heard stories like that. The real, the real truth with Jesus is that he was of God. He was of man and he was of God. And that unique divine nature is what distinguishes him from all the other religious leaders and all the you know heroes of all the stories Jesus was the son of god and he properly is worshiped and we see that in the shepherds we see that in a few years with the wise men and uh so we worship god and Jesus was god thank you steve well we're glad to have you with us today here on the journey we believe that we're sojourners in this world as we journey through life and that our ultimate destination isn't merely a location, but rather a profound relationship with Jesus Christ, who lights our path and imparts purpose to each step we take. And that's why each day we extend the message of the gospel to our listeners through both the radio and the web, enabling them to nurture their connection with Jesus Christ, or perhaps accept Him for the very first time. But as a listener-supported program, we could not do this without you. The journey relies in part on the financial gifts of generous friends like you, which allow us to share the truth of the gospel to listeners all around the world. So would you make a generous year-end donation today? Your gift of any amount will make a big impact. The number to call is 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or make a quick and easy donation online at thejourney.fm. And when you do, We'll say thanks by sending you, in the manger, 25 inspirational selections for Advent, and it's by Max Licato. Though the bright lights of Christmas glitter briefly, the message of the season lasts forever. The Word became flesh, and the Creator becomes the creation. In the manger will guide you through each of the 25 days of Advent, with a Bible first to reflect on, 
an inspirational passage from one of Mac's most popular books, and a poignant prayer to help you apply the day's message. You can request your copy by calling 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or visit thejourney.fm. And while you're there, be sure to sign up to receive updates from The Journey. Just scroll to the box at the bottom of the page and then enter your name and email. And if you'd like to connect with us on Facebook or via email, you'll find those links at the top of the page. And if you live nearby, we invite you to join us for worship at Bethel Church, where Steve DeWitt serves as the senior pastor. We're located in Crown Point, Indiana, with multi-site campuses in Cedar Lake and Hobart. You'll find directions and all the info you need to plan your visit at BethelWeb.org. Well, I'm Tim Svoboda. Come back tomorrow when Pastor Steve continues with Six Reasons to Worship the Newborn King. That's Tuesday on The Journey. Today's program was produced and furnished by Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana.